Consiglieri. Michelle. Hey, welcome into the Tailgate Podcast. <laughs> We're just quoting dodgeball over here. Don't worry about it. Yeah, thank you uh, for joining in on this. Uh, we're a man down this yeah. edition of the tailgate. If you have not yeah. noticed, Aaron's uh, gone. He's gone. I was talking about Archie. Oh yeah, we're ran down. Yeah, Archie uh, be Aaron's been fired. Um, sorry, Aaron got got the boot, and this is how you find out about it. And we hired a new co-host. His name is Archie. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got some uh, some crazy hot takes. Mm-hmm. You know, some screaming mad hot takes yeah. sometimes. And hot snakes. He poops a lot. I wasn't yep. gonna. I'm not gonna comment yeah. on that. So, yeah. but yep. uh, yeah, no, uh, Aaron unfortunately is under the weather this week, so. He will not be joining us, uh, so we miss our uh, our compatriot, but uh, we're going to forge on without him. Yeah, we got some stuff to discuss. Some of our shotgun headlines, because yeah. we are the Tailgate Podcast. So you know what? What else do you do? Oh, listen to that sound. That's so yeah. good. That's so good. We're not actually going to shotgun the beer. Though. Crack it open. That's Yeah, we cracked it open. Maybe cracked it open headlines? We'll, we'll talk. We'll discuss. We'll, we'll discuss at another time. We'll reconvene. Uh, but top of the list right now for the headlines, and this is kind of a big one, and it's really just been advancing as this season has gone on, yeah. is this controversy in Major League Baseball with the spider tax thing. Yeah. A lot of pitchers coming out, and like spin rates are just have, have gone up dramatically, and so you're seeing more strikeouts than ever. You're seeing lower lower scoring ball games, yeah. and it's, to, it's reached a point now where Major League Baseball is actually doing something about it. Right, and they need to. It's just, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. And obviously, I think one of the most uh, press conferences that sticks out in our minds, obviously, is the Garrett Cole. The uh, I don't I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I really don't, I don't have I don't, anything to say. I, I don't know how to answer that. It was it was pretty bad. And it's funny, too, because one of the people who has been like leading this leading this uh, this battle, leading this this movement to try and get Major League Baseball to look into it, because. It has been ridiculous. These yeah. things are outlawed. You're not supposed to be using pine tar. Right. You're not supposed to be using any foreign substance. Yep. That is the term. Yep. You're not supposed to pitchers. You're not supposed to be uh, excuse me. You're supposed to use any foreign substance that can alter grip. Uh, grip apparently is okay. Really? They, if they can, if they can, like, if something that helped them grip the ball, that's apparently okay. But what they don't want is something that causes the spin rate, so that alters the spin rate of the ball. Hmm. And so, which obviously we're seeing with so many strikeouts. I mean. Balls are breaking harder. You're yep. seeing, you know, the four-seam fastballs are not breaking at all. They continue to look like they're on an upward trajectory, just completely messing with hitters, especially mm. when these guys can throw 97, 98, 99 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just all goes back to the argument that they're talking about moving the mound back just a little bit. Yeah. And I think they might need to if it keeps going with this. Cause, I mean, you're seeing a lot of upper-level 90s, you know, a lot of low-level 100s, more than you're seeing ever before. So. It's and it's yeah. I've, I've we've talked about it before. I know I've talked about it on tapped in. Is pitchers are bringing stuff that hitters have never seen before. Yeah. But it is in large part too because of all these different substances. And people have guessed that, like, not in just spider tack, which is a newer thing, and it's really blown up because of Garrett Cole. But mm. apparently there are a number of pitchers that do, that have done it. And Garrett Cole, there was a, a message that he left on. Uh, it was a guy who got fired by the Angels, I believe, last year, mm. who was I think their pitching coach. Who had this uh, this makeup, this chemo, or he, he like this formula that he come up with of like rosin and uh, pine tar, mm. and like the perfect uh, balance between the two, and it was something where like Garrett Cole, there's a message of Cole saying, "Hey, you know, I'll be seeing like we'll be visiting you guys here in a couple weeks, and I'll get some." He's like, "Cause when I'm up in New York, you know, mm. the stuff seizes because of the cold weather, so I need to get some of your stuff." And like, and like it's clear he's been doing this stuff, but again, baseball's never outlawed it, yeah. like. It's basically they pick and choose, like, yes, it's against the rules, but eh, we don't really care. Until now, there's a lot of bad publicity about it. Exactly. And I even, uh, when Ponch and I were at uh, the Royals-Pirates game uh, last month, we actually saw when, after the Pirates last out for one of the innings, coming off, and Joe West, who, Joe West is also at the forefront of this. Joe West always has to insert himself into any storyline in baseball because Joe West is, yeah, he's man, or he's umpired more games than, any other umpire in Major League Baseball history, but this guy loves to be in the middle of controversy. And right. so here he is throwing himself right into that. And he is the guy constantly checking hats. And that's what really started it was, I think, back in May when he checked. Uh, it was a pitcher for the Cardinals. I can't remember his name. But that's where all of a sudden, like, baseball really started to get further into this and do a full, full-scale full investigation. Mm. And it's funny because I was saying that there's another guy who's been at the forefront of it. 
and that's Trevor Bauer. Yeah. And then Trevor Bauer has been on people to like go look at Garrett Cole and go look at all these other pitchers. And he like he even tweeted something uh, I think two years ago saying it's like, yeah, this one pitcher you know had his spin rate go up like like a couple hundred just over seemingly overnight. Just like, yeah, that kind of thing doesn't happen. Yeah. And he didn't name names, but everybody was like, yeah, it's his former UCLA teammate Garrett Cole who yeah. for some reason they just have a ridiculous beef between one another. Yeah. Uh, and so it's I, I, part of me think that's like the kind of like the, the the rivalry where it's like no I was the best on our college team no I was the best on our college <laughs> team but I don't know it's weird because like usually when you think of teammates it's like that like oh this is my dude you know yeah just root for him in the pros too and then it's like this is not the case no no I mean you're talking the guys who went I think one and three in that yeah. draft and because pretty much Bauer was like yeah I could go out and do that stuff and be the best baseball uh, best pitcher in baseball. And then you look and he won the Cy Young last year. Oh, and oh, what else happened with him winning that Cy Young? Oh, his uh, his uh, spin rate was uh, was up pretty significantly. So it's kind of there's the wonder if maybe he did the whole well. If you can't beat him, might as well join him. And kind of that's that's seemingly what Barry Bonds did back in the you know the nineties. Yeah. Like, well, if these guys are cheating and getting away with it and being superstars in regards to the Sammy Sosas and the Mark McGuire's, what imagine what will happen if I do it? Yeah. Like, and sure enough, you know he went out and had the most dominant hitting seasons ever. And now we're seeing Trevor Bauer just going out there and absolutely lighting up. But since MLB said that they've been doing this investigation, Garrett Cole's spin rate has dropped back down. Trevor Bauer's spin rate has dropped back down. Right. And so they have come out as of, I think it was yesterday or today, MLB sent out the memo to all the teams yep. and they have six days left. Yep. And so did you see what the penalties are? Uh, I know I saw a couple of them, like the suspensions and, um, I didn't see most of them, though. Not even fines. It's literally a 10-day suspension with pay. Yeah. But here's the – and so any of them can be like, okay, I'll just take my – especially if it's a starting pitcher. They miss one, maybe two starts with a 10-day suspension. But here's the kicker and where it gets interesting is because for players, it's like, whatever, I can just keep doing this. But teams will get – will very much so can be penalized by this because this isn't something where it's like an injury or a usual suspension – where then you just bring somebody up from the minors or you have somebody, you know, ready from the taxi squad or whatever. You just lose that spot on your team. You can't right. replace that player. Yep. And so let's say in this first week, uh, you know, a team has three relievers or something like that, or a starter, you know, a couple starters and a reliever or something, say three pitchers. They go from 26 down to 23 guys. And again, it's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's if you're in the middle of a playoff race or something like that, and if this happens later this year, you know, in the middle of a pennant race, like that could have drastic consequences on a team potentially. Right. And could completely reshape the playoff race. And so you got to imagine a lot of these players or a lot of these coaches and managers and hell other teammates that are the position mm. players are going to be like, cut that shit out. Like if I yeah. see them, you know, hey, if I see a teammate with, with the spider tack is like, get that shit out of here, man. You're not going to cost us a playoff race. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, so like last week, obviously, like we briefly mentioned it at the end of our episode. Um, and it's just because we want to talk about it because we did a nod to DeGrom last year, last yep. week, which uh, he had his worst outing afterwards. So Duncan cursed him. Um, <laughs> but really, it's worst outing. Is, he wasn't that bad. No, uh, still lowered his yeah, yeah. His, uh, his worst outing was two runs or something like that. I can't remember what it was. It was something ridiculous. Um, but uh, he was actually – he went down because of a flexor, arm flexor, Yeah, right? they said he's on right. paper. They said he's okay. So. Yeah, he should be fine. But that was like the one – but we while we nodded DeGrom, we were like, well, we're not, we're not sure what we're going to talk about when it comes to spider attack, but Garrett Cole and the press conference, and then in just the matter of a week, how much traction and then how big the MLB came down on it, which is mm-hmm. really, really exciting. But, um, and yeah, I mean, you kind of see what happens, how quickly it all goes. And just, yeah. Boom. And apparently, too, it's if teammates are found to be doing it, then it's the, not just the team. Say, say if it's the catcher, if the pitcher wants to avoid getting caught with anything, and so they're not putting anything on their physical person, on their ball cap, or the inside of their jersey or chest or anything like that. But if it's the catcher who is putting something on the on the baseball or any other position player or something like that, then not just the not just that player who was caught with the foreign substance will get in trouble, but then also the pitcher will. So. Crazy example. You know what? We'll, we'll say an example I'd actually love to see. Let's say that Yachty Molina of the Cardinal, Cardinals is caught with some of the stuff uh, like underneath his catcher's mask or something like that. And he's like hitting his mask and then he throws it out to the pitcher. Or maybe like right underneath like at the side of his uh, his, his chest protector. And you see that Yachty Air Molina is doing that and he gets caught. 
whatever pitcher is that he's has in the game at that point in time, let's say it's uh, Adam Wainwright, then both of them, Yadi Molina and Adam Wainwright, are both suspended for ten games. Ten games or ten days. I'm sorry. That's two detrimental blows to your team. Yeah, and I originally I was going to make an example of it was like Salvi and you know Willis Pitcher, but I would very much enjoy seeing it happen to the Cardinals and Yadi Molina because well, best fans of know, baseball. Fuck those guys. <laughs> best fans of baseball. Um, so oh, just all the elbow and shoulder injuries in St. Louis because you know they're just too busy patting themselves on the back. Bunch of <sighs> best fans in baseball. Um, but yeah, so it's gonna definitely gonna be very interesting to see where that goes moving forward. Um, but what what a crazy like. Who the hell would have ever thought that the term spider tack would become right. one of the like one of the most prominent terms in all of professional sports right now? Not me. Spider tack. Spider tack. I don't know what spider tack. Like it's uh, it's uh, I I don't know I don't know I, it's it's a turn. Hey, it's it's uh, 2021, but we're still. We're still getting some of that weird shit like what happened in 2020. So spider tack is a thing. And this just goes to show you, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. This is very true. Very and... true in all the sports. Everyone's looking for that edge. And this became an edge, and now it's not becoming an edge anymore. Yeah. So, Archie, do you have anything to throw on that? Uh, he's pretty out out. Archie's out yeah. out. Okay, Sleeping well, on job. Doing? First day, new job. Well, I guess second day, last time he was an intern. Um <laughs> Yeah, you just sleeping on the job. Well, Aaron, you might your job might be safe. We yeah. might actually have to call you back. So we'll uh, you know we'll see how the rest of this episode. This isn't goes. nap time, bro? He's out. It, it is nap actually time. we need him it to is nap. nap yes, this it is, is a good thing. It is nap time. Um. So all right. So our second shotgun headline after we just talked about that NBA playoffs, man. Oh, right yeah. Um. Even some big big things happen with all that too. I mean, um, your MVP getting tossed after he just he <laughs> just. Laid down the hammer. <laughs> <on somebody. laughs> just, yeah. He just, he painted the fence. Daniel Sun. Just, bah. He just straight down on him. Um, it's still weird. It's not, I don't think it's a good look for basketball. Um, to have your MVP obviously ejected um, in basically the potential sweep. Um, it just, that series kind of over to begin with. I think a lot yeah, of. No, Jamal Murray was just a detriment yeah, to begin with. We said it from the start that, like, look for this team to not go deep into the playoffs. Um, most of us didn't even really have them going through Portland at all. Um, we had that, that and they, you know, they, Game time. Oh, yeah. damn. Oh. and then they, they did, but it was at the, as soon as it was like, oh, they might win their first series, but they won't win their second. And it was just kind of the collective thought. Now, granted, I didn't think that there would be a sweep. I thought if anything, it'd be a gentleman's sweep. Um, but let's talk about the favorite player of ours during this series. Are we on the same page here? I think we are. We should be on the same page. CP3? CP3. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not Dame time. It's Don't, CP3. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's CP3 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Get out that Dame time. Ooh. Shit. Um, no, man. That guy is just... Dynamic. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He's 36, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's the same age. Like, people talk about all of Ron, 36, and he's still doing this. CP3 is the same age and still doing this. Like, yeah. It's, it's absolutely nuts. And you want to talk about, like, obviously, LeBron went to... LA. We all know this, right? And he was supposed to spark that organization. And yes, they did. They won a championship last year. But when you're talking about spiking an organization and sparking something that wasn't there before, like, think about Phoenix the last couple of years, and then all they do is go out and get Chris Paul, and then now look at their stars. Now look at the DeAndre, uh, the DeAndre Aytons, the, you know, the Devin Bookers that are able to actually show and not have to, like, necessarily super run the offense through them. You know, even just making players legitimate, like Mikel Bridges, and yep. just... Look at that team, Bynum, just all these Cameron Bynum, I think. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Cameron Cameron Bynum, like, and it's just all these players that are there's a there's a Kaminsky on that team too, right? Frank Kaminsky, yeah. my man. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's his name's with a Y, so not yeah. so much. You know, I'm a Wisconsin guy, and I don't really care for Wisconsin. Uh, but no, yeah, it was very surprising to see, and even without Jamal Murray, it's still surprising that out of any team that was going to go through and sweep Denver. Like, uh, just the, the, the Phoenix is doing the things that they're doing right now is, I don't know how many flipping times I'm going to say this on the show, but it's unprecedented. Like, it's, right. like, to see how Phoenix made their run in the bubble last year and then ultimately still fell short. But no, 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 they went undefeated in the bubble, didn't they, last mm -hmm. year? Yeah. Uh, but that now to see that just the growth, the rapid growth this team has made, and they do have a bona fide superstar in Devin Booker. And right. you are seeing... De, uh, DeAndre Ayton making a, a leap for sure, and yeah, like, he just absolutely clowned 
uh, clowned on the Lakers left and right, and now he just he took care of. I mean, the Lakers had two big men that couldn't guard him. Yeah, yeah. and you had a, a what was called a dominant, uh, you know, rebounding uh, guy, and in, in DeAndre, uh, uh, wait, Andre Drummond, DeAndre Drummond, DeAndre, Dr- yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, him. New guy just made him up, uh, and then uh, obviously Anthony Davis, which was called the most dominant big man in the league, and one of the best big men in the league for a, for a minute before obviously you, know, you have your Embiid's, your Giannis's, and all these other names that come through, but like he was supposed to be a superstar, and he made those and DeAndre Ayton made those two look foolish, mm-hmm. foolish. You can definitely see why uh, why Sean Miller, you know, tried to make all those payments. This is well, this is what Sean Miller probably envisioned. When you know he agreed to the the payments made to DeAndre Ayton and his family to get him to Arizona. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, Ooh. you know, even though Sean Miller's out of a job now because of that, he'll know, be picked up whole, soon. That whole Adidas scandal. Yeah. KU's next. <laughs> Probably not. Not in my lifetime. That's just that's just not how it works. Uh, but then you got still the three other series going on. They're all at two to two right now, and very surprising in some regards. Because it looked like Philadelphia was going to run away in that series. Yeah. It looked like Brooklyn was going to run away from one. Brooklyn went up 2 nothing. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Utah was ready to run away from the Clippers. And now, all of a sudden, here we are. All three series evened up at 2-2. Two to two. And very interesting developments in Brooklyn, of all places, where we've come in and said, and with that big three, when they play together, is absurdly scary. How and many of the big three do we have now, Duncan? There is exactly one. Kevin Durant and his Achilles, like Ooh. that's that's what uh, that's what's keeping Brooklyn's playoff al- or like title hopes alive. Period. Right now, to quote Kevin McAllister, "Woof, woof, <laughs> <laughs> Buzz, that's your girlfriend." Woof. Yes. <laughs> oh man, like and uh, Didn't like think we'd have a Macaulay or a Macaulay Culkin <laughs> drop just, on the show today. Totally thinking. Like looking at this series and looking at how they dominated Boston, being like, "Oh man, Brooklyn's going to win it all. They're the best team." And then like losing those two stars and it being just Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that Kevin Durant can't do it because we've seen Kevin Durant do Kevin Durant things, but man, that's a tall order. Like you need other people. And like uh, they have the what Joe Williams, I think that can bang some threes every now and then. Um, and they have some guys coming off the bench, but there's just not enough bodies because they completely decimated a lot of their depth um, and they had injuries at the start of the year, there's just not enough bodies to come off the court to compete with Milwaukee. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, Harden was going to – Harden was questionable. And it was just recently, within, like, the last hour or so, that he was definitively ruled out for game five. Mm. And so this is something that, uh, you know, our own uh, – here at KCP and our own uh, Kingston Robinson has talked about is, like, Giannis is, is Lamar Jackson. And, you know, he's this freakish – MVP kind of talent that can wreck through the the regular season, but then will just always come up short in the playoffs. And now he's getting this opportunity because of the injuries. Like yeah. all of a sudden they might they might make it to the Eastern Conference Finals just because the big three, this vaunted big three in Brooklyn, can't stay healthy. Right. And you, we really really hate it because you especially look at how injuries really hampered the first round and. Anthony Davis, and then obviously Ooh. Joel Embiid, which I'll get to him in a second. But uh, it's just some of the injuries that really played such a huge role. Obviously, Denver getting swept by Phoenix. You know, Jamal Murray was out. Like that's a devastating injury. And even though Will Barton came back, like when we were, when when your team's excited for the likes of Will Barton coming back, that says exactly where you're at. <laughs> who? Will no, Barton? I know who he yeah, is, yeah. But, just, not like, yeah. Huh. but no, sir, yeah, that's 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 it's injuries always going to play a role, but. It's just – it's really disappointing. But this could be that opening that Giannis needs, man. Although, yeah. inevitably, they would probably fall short in the Eastern Conference because somehow I, – I, whoever makes it out of there, I still would think it's probably Philadelphia that beats Atlanta. But I also didn't think that series would be 2-2. Two to two. I didn't think Atlanta would play – I didn't think Atlanta would play the way they did and come back in multiple games the way they have. Mm-hmm. But you're also seeing that, and this is where I said I'll get to Embiid. That team, Philly goes as Embiid goes, man. And if he's struggling or if he's dealing with those injuries, Philly is screwed. Ben Simmons is not the star. Mm. And, I mean, Tobias Harris, is a, he's a very good three, third player for them. But Well, I mean, and I mean, we've even seen before, like, where it was just like, how do you, how do you get back at Ben Simmons? You put him on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, you 
like, yeah, he could be a great player. He can handle the ball and all that stuff, but he doesn't deserve to be your point guard. No, and, uh, yeah, your point guard is never going to hit a three. I mean, it's, yeah. you, you can literally just leave him standing out there all by himself, nobody within 10 feet of him, and uh, he's going to miss every flipping time. But, yeah, again, but with MB, when Embiid struggles, yeah, they're screwed. And he went 0 for 12 down the stretch of game four, and that's what absolutely opened it up for the Hawks to go and steal it. And yeah. That's again. That's another team. Like I was just talking with the Suns. I don't know how Atlanta's. I don't. Just, I don't know how they've made this leap. I mean, it is definitely a very year weird year because of teams that weren't in the playoffs last year during the shortened season during the bubble. You know, they're more rested, and maybe that is what we are seeing with you know the teams like the Knicks getting the four seed, Atlanta having the five seed, making the run that they are. Phoenix getting the two seed, making the run. Even Utah getting the one. Yeah, but Atlanta's playing really well. I mean, Collins had the game of his life at the end of the night. John the end Collins is looking. Yeah, he's looking good. really dang good. Honestly, like I know that we were talking about him being moved in the off season, but he might not now. They might not have like they might have to keep him. He might piss off Trey Young. Yeah, and Trey Young's the franchise. Yeah, you get rid of his 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 dude. I mean, John Collins is like that. They are becoming definitely one of the more prominent duos. Yeah, we're having a fly over here. Yeah, there's one fly just in case anyone was watching the video that is just really fucking with us. No, we just spazzed. Just dive bombing us. He's going to sit there start singing this this German song in a little bit because we're also watching the the France-Germany game from the Euro Cup. That's my fault, folks. I apologize. You started it. I definitely did, yeah. Uh, But, and then... uh, Clippers in Utah being the other one that's tied up two to two. Yeah. And that's... I don't know how the hell... Los Angeles keeps on doing this. Oh, we're down 0-2. 0-2, and Kawhi will just be like, I got uh, it. do you know who I am? Have you seen it? I am Kawhi Leonard. I got this. I'm going to come out. 0-2, that ain't shit. All right? I got this. Yeah, let me show you what I can do. I mean, and, um, Paul George. I mean, he He's had... kind of playing a little bit more R, rated R, than he is PG-13 yeah, right now. Yeah, he's definitely not PG-13 right now. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I mean, like they came back and... I mean, at the beginning, first couple games we're looking at this, and all we are talking about is Donovan Mitchell, you know? And, like, all we're talking about is, yeah, Gobert, obviously, and other names and all that stuff, but, like, we are talking about Donovan Mitchell being Donovan Mitchell and being, like, how great is this Utah team? And then LA's just like, fine. We were down before. Let's do this again. Let's see if they're – I didn't, I, they could totally pull this out. And no, Mike Conley has definitely hurt. Right. And again, I come back to injuries, but that has definitely hurt Utah. But yeah, all of a sudden we've got a series now, and this is this Western Conference has opened up for like LA is coming into the season the one team left over that people looked at as like a potential championship team because of Kawhi and Paul George. Mm. They're the only one left in the West, and this might be them creating that opportunity and finally going out and you know they don't have the Lakers in their way. Uh, Blazers are out of the way, and you know, uh, any other teams that would have seemed like threats out west, and <clears throat> and so yeah, well, gonna be a very interesting game five, and uh, the rest of that series. But oh, yeah, I, it's I'm always gonna be a believer in Kawhi. We saw what he did in game six, and I think we mentioned it last week. Game six of the series against Dallas, when he became only the fourth player in NBA playoff history to score 45 or more points on, I think, what, 70 or 75% shooting from the floor? Yeah. Like, Kawhi is just an insane talent, and we're just seeing that legacy continue to be just enhanced of him being one of the greatest postseason players the NBA has ever seen. I realized the stat that I was talking about last week. It's that he has at least 600 playoff points and is still shooting above the 60% marker. And it's just uh-huh. him and Shaq that are the only two that, that and shoot that well. He is the only, I said just saw a little while ago, he is the only player in this playoff so far that has scored 300 or more points. Yeah. So Kawhi is stepping up and he's carrying them. And yes, he's getting a lot of help from Paul George. Uh, but, I mean, again, Paul George, he's playing a lot better. I did say rated R. I'm not going to call him the rated R superstar because Edge, I just, I love Edge too much. <laughs> but, uh, homeless Dave. Sorry, that was a little loud. Archie's still asleep. So, not on this day. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Paul George, not quite our rated R level superstar, but he's definitely playing better than the PG bitch-ass basketball that he'd been playing a little bit here and there during some of these other games where he would go very quiet when Kawhi needed him not to be so quiet. quiet. Did I just do – I did something here. I don't know what <laughs> – I get, I get what you said. I liked it. Somewhere Aaron just rolled his eyes, and he, <sighs> he has no idea why, but he just sensed – 
he's like, damn it, Ty and Duncan are up to their shenanigans. And I'm out there to sit there and run the Puns show. all day, yeah. Puns all day. Uh, so, yeah, we're very exciting, though, to see see how all those those tied-up series, the other three series that are all tied up. Big, big game fives. Oh, three yeah. Of them, so. We're going to have a fantastic night tonight. Uh, it's a lot it, of fun. Yeah, especially with some of these games. A lot of fun. I mean, we're starting off pretty good right now. we got the Euro Cup going on in the background. Um, and you're having fun right now? Well, you just poured the bush life. But yeah. right before that, we're going to do our little shout-out. Yeah, um, we want to shout-out Torn Label today. Uh, Torn Label is one of our favorite uh, breweries in the city for sure. Um, man, I honestly, yeah, I, I literally just had a Torn Label Alpha. That was the one that I was drinking on beforehand. And it, it's one of those beers that is quite often forgotten about by people. And you just shouldn't forget about it because it is so just all around good. Um, just super balanced, but also they change the hop build on it at times. And it's just, it's a pale ale, but it's like hoppy in the right ways. And it's just so crisp and refreshing. And honestly, you can just kill that beer as you can, as you guys just as saw. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, saw yeah, on camera. Um, every time I have that beer, it's like, it'll be like, if it's like after like a week or something like that, I'll just pick, like, oh, I'm just going to get a Torn Label Alpha. And then I just, I find myself just crushing it every time and be like, God, this beer is too good. Yeah, and I can't blame you. And we yeah. actually, what was it, a couple months ago, we went and checked out the new tap room. Oh, yeah, and man. They just they just renovated part of their facility yeah. and opened up this tap room. And yeah, the guys. It's stellar, did, man. Yeah, the guys did a fantastic job over there. Uh, Brewers doing fantastic work. There's some really, really good stuff coming through. Um, obviously, a lot of their summer seasonals. Uh, but if you go to the tap room, they have some garage doors. They have a big open space there. Say hi to our boy, Thomas. You saw him on one of our uh, brewery tour episodes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, all those people, we, you know, we, we love Rafi. We love the entire, of uh, tour label crew. I mean, we go there a decent amount and just wanted to shout out that, uh, you know, you are looking for a good spot in the, you know, in more of the crossroads district. You got to hit them up. You got to hit up torn label for yeah, sure. Without a doubt. So appreciate torn label and hopefully we'll be making another visit there soon. Do another podcast. They, hell, they even told us like, when are we doing this again? Like that's, yeah, that's always what they, what them and city barrel and uh center block all of them said is like when are we doing this again yeah so yeah talk to us Kansas city breweries we would love to come visit you absolutely we'll go anywhere and you uh, can come here too you can come here too absolutely uh but yeah we're gonna go one more tailgate uh shotgun headline and that's mini kings are going on we are yeah, football centric football let's be honest we gotta stay in our wheelhouse Yep. And uh, yeah, man, all sorts of crazy. Actually, let me check the lot of, yeah, I was going to say check because there's, there's just a lot of storylines, headlines, shotgun headlines uh, throughout all these mini camps. And probably the big two right now are a couple of holdouts of two guys who are not showing up for their mandatory mini camps. And the fines can now start to accrue for those players. And that is yep. uh, safety Jamal Adams for the Seattle Seahawks and cornerback Xavier Howard for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Um, no really brand new news. It was just kind of weird stuff that we already knew. Rookie signings and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a couple holdouts. Obviously, Jamal Adams, uh, top-notch safety. Obviously, with Seattle now, wants a little bit more money, and that's part of the reason why Seattle said they were going to bring him in, was to pay him. Xavier Howard is one of the best corners in the game right now um, in Miami. And, man, them holding out. Well, Adams doesn't surprise me. Uh, and that's because what the Seahawks did was very unusual. And you are seeing a trend of whenever a team goes and makes a trade, trades like multiple first-round picks for an elite player, they usually already have in mind – they're already working on an extension. Yeah, the contract. And so they get it taken care of very quickly. You look at, you know, Houston with Laramie Tunsil. Mm. And uh, – oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, St. Louis – no, I'm sorry, not St. Louis. Uh, Los Angeles with Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey, yeah. And so the thought – was that then the Seahawks would do the exact same thing with right. Jamal Adams. And then the Seahawks just uh, – I love saying that the Raiders are going to Raider. It's starting to become a thing that the Seahawks are going to Seahawk. Yeah. Because they – like, I don't know if it's just Pete Carroll. I don't know if it's John Schneider. I don't know what exactly is going on in hey, that organization. Here they come with Caroline. But, oh, man. <laughs> that, was, that was nice. That was nice. Again, Aaron just somewhere just <laughs> shaking his head. Uh, but that was, it's so many questionable decisions. And again, I look at this off season when Russell Wilson literally came out and said, you know, get, I, I'm tired of being hit so much because he, he's right. like, and that's tough to, as a quarterback, cause you don't want to call out your teammates. You don't want to call out your offensive line oh, but at, all. at the same time you're getting hit and the dude's in his thirties now. And it's not like he's a big quarterback to begin with. 
So, I mean, he's under six foot. Yeah, he's he's stocky, yeah. but he's not built to take a lot of hits. Hits are still hits, man. NFL NFL just tackles are just mm-hmm. ugh. And we saw what those offensive line issues cost the Seahawks down the stretch when they were going from this prolific, you know, oh my gosh, this is one of the best offenses we've ever seen. And yeah, they've got two top-notch receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But they like when I when there was the talk of them being one of the top targets to trade for Julio Jones earlier this offseason. I'm like, okay, so Russ has another guy to throw to. Does he still have anybody who's going to block for him? Yeah, and the, and the question and the answer is no. Yeah, they traded for Gabe Jackson from from the Raiders because the Raiders, for some dumbass reason, just did a fire sale on what was a pretty good offensive line. Cut Trent Brown, let him walk back to New England. They trade Rodney Hudson on still a pretty team-friendly deal to Arizona. I don't understand that one. I mean, I don't understand a lot of their moves as the Raiders. but uh... I'm really disappointed because he actually wanted to be cut, which is what he thought was going to happen. And then be tr- and then he's yeah. going to come back to Kansas City. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's just kind of weird, especially because um, the Seahawks. When we think of the, what we think of is we obviously remember the historic pace that Russ got to, but there's always a recency bias in the what did you last see from this team? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, exactly. And when we talk about just like your playoff weeks or your big weeks in football, where it's like the where you're making the seedings in the playoffs and what you're going to do about it. And we're, so we're talking about what week 12 to week now 17. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about those playoff weeks or those teams that are trying to get set up in the different playoffs, they were so garbage and they were the worst defense in the national football league. And they also were the worst offense in the national football league. And feel like I feel like there was some podcast, some show that yeah. was saying that this was smoke and mirrors, and at some point the Seahawks would be exposed. What was, what was the name of that show? I think, if I remember correctly, I feel like it has something to do with grilling and yeah. beer. Something to do with like pregame festivities, like the tailgate. Oh yeah, it was us, wasn't it? it? Was yeah, us. We, we did that. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. that, nailed it. Like you know, we're not St. Louis. We're not. We're not going to pat ourselves on the back. Okay, we're better than that. Duncan, that was a good call, man. I'm going to pat you on the back. Yeah, I'm going to pat, pat you on the back, too. We're going to pat you on the back. We're going <laughs> to. You can't pat our own backs, but you can pat your friends. Yeah. Exactly, because, yeah. We, we were we, right. And we're, we're better than that. So we apologize for nearly sinking to, you know, St. Louisian levels. And <sighs> yeah, I couldn't it, spend enough time apologizing. Yeah, so they have Jamal Adams. Obviously, he's looking for a top-notch deal. He wanted out of New York. But at the end of the day, he's looking for a top-notch deal, and you're going to have to pay the man a very, very big salary. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to take the—he's not going to just going to take the league minimum. He wants to set the record for the safeties in the National Football League, and maybe even set that for the defensive player. He wants stupid money. And I don't know why they're not—why why this is still an ongoing issue. Because if Seattle's saying—if this is something where they're like, well, our defense— you didn't improve our defense that much, so why should we pay you this much? Well, you traded two first-rounders for me. Right. So clearly you value me very highly. Right. So what are they going to turn around now and try to and, you know deal him to someplace else? So And even if they said he didn't matter that much to their defense, they also gutted their defense. Yeah. So he was playing with nobody. Yeah. Like it's him and Bobby Wagner. Yeah, that's it. it. So that's – yeah, we'll see what happens there. But the one that does surprise me mm. is Davian Howard. Yeah. Because Howard has the sixth highest contract for a cornerback in the NFL. Mm. And this was a deal that he signed just over two years ago, May in 2019. And it's, I, I, I mean, you ask me, it's deserving. It, yeah, he makes, he makes $15.1 million a year. Yeah. Yes, that is now only the sixth most by a cornerback. But this is, why he, this is why he's holding out is because he wants barely two years into this contract, and it was a five-year contract, he wants to be paid. He wants to be paid back again as the top corner in the NFL, and I think Ramsey has the top contract yes. and makes it's like twenty or twenty-one million a year, mm. and that's where he thinks that he needs to be paid Ramsey money, if not more. And I, I just it's something that I, I'm like, two years into your deal that made you the top paid corner in the league, and now you're not anymore. And, and the and reason why paid again, it, it, this is confusing for me, because. We all know, we have heard, and honestly, if you've been listening to the tailgate, we've been preaching how salary cap tight this year is, Mm -hmm. but how exponentially it grows the year after. So why not wait a year and realize that you can get paid a very hefty sack of money, and if the Dolphins do well again this year, which 
we are, we're thinking they will, mm-hmm. and the defense is as good as we think it'll be, mm-hmm. and you're a cornerstone of that said defense, that you will be making a pretty penny, and you'll be halfway through your deal, and you can be like, hey, I kind of want to be the top-paid corner again. Let's talk extension. Let's talk money. And I and I do understand part of it is that because he's coming off of a 10-interception season, led the NFL, mm. arguably was the best corner in the league last year. And mm. so that's a part of it. But it is, again, it does seem a little bit tone deaf in where so many other veterans are getting cut. On a teammate of his own last year, Kyle Van Noy, got cut one year into what was a pretty significant contract. Right. And it's because the team couldn't afford him anymore. Like, we've seen the Dolphins – have really been trying to make some cap conscious moves and like sorry Xavier we love you and yeah you're the best corner in the league but if you hold out so, okay i mean they've still got Byron Jones they've still yeah. got one of the top 10 and another top 10 corner the stigma's going to change on you real quick because let's talk about another player that we're also going to talk about later Duncan uh Le'Veon Bell what happened after he hung out or he held out now and Howard is I, well, like I, Howard is definitely still in his prime, very right. much. But well, I mean, so was Le'Veon Bell at that point. Yeah. But, but so, when when you have these players now, you have this thing of I'm the best. I need my money. I'm going to hold out, and then teams drop you, and you're and the next thing you know, you grass come back. Is not always greener on the other exactly. Side. And I'm I'm not saying it's not going to be this way for Xavier Howard. I think better of of him at this point in time than I do of the Le'Veon Bell Absolutely. thing because we talk about running backs and their short shelf life in the NFL. Um, you're looking at an average of 10 years, whereas like right when a running back's on their, on their, you know, es- the escalation down, you're, you know, and there's very few people that beat that, like your seat, a la Frank Gore, a la, mm-hmm. you know, Adrian Peterson. But like when you see that, that's when your receivers and corners and stuff like that start to trend upward. Yeah. But in the same fact, Xavier Howard was so dominant and he is starting his prime. And he could wait just one year, and the yeah. team would probably be happy to make him the highest paid corner in the NFL. Which they've already done once. And again, it was only two years ago. That's where it's, I don't right. know, man. And like these guys, they have obviously a very limited amount of time to make as much money as they can. It's cash. So right. I have a hard time telling them no. But again, just given that he j- he's seeing the salary cap went down, he's had teammates get cut. Like I, I just feel like that's something where they, he should have waited till next year. And maybe, maybe he'll end up changing his tune soon. So we'll, right. we'll see. Uh, but oh, one of France the just scored again. It's oh, two nil France, and that was six. some good moves. Oh, offside! Oh. they're pulling it. They're um, pulling it. But that was some good moves. But uh, no, you're good. And Stephon Gilmore, though, another one of those cornerbacks who was also on that list. Oh, yeah, of, I believe he's does he does. No, maybe he's coming up on the last year of his contract. He's on the last year. He was one of the highest paid corners. He's no longer. And uh, Gilmore hasn't shown up to New England training camp either. Yeah. Um, and he is arguably the best corner in the league. I would have agreed with you a year ago. This last year, though, and yes, obviously it was a COVID year. And He's one of the very, on. very few he 99 clubs. Have, and he may have, he, and, and deservedly so. Uh, he's one of those few cornerbacks. I mean, he won defensive player of the year. How often do you see cornerbacks do that? Uh, but he may have taken a step back last year. And so that's a very real possibility. Or who knows? It could have just been injuries. It could have been something else. But he is a guy, I believe he is in his 30s now. Uh, but just, yeah, a lot of, lot of interesting news. Uh, one, that, one that did show up to the mandatory minicamp, camp, but there was a lot of questions whether or not he would, is Minnesota defensive end Daniil Hunter. Right. And so obviously that's a big boon to Minnesota where you know, that's pass rusher and cornerback has been a problem on their defense. They very much so need – uh, Daniil Hunter to continue to be the dominant force that he can be on that Minnesota defensive right. line. Because you saw what they tried to do last year and trade with uh, Baltimore to go – or I'm sorry, with Jacksonville to go with Yannick Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. Now we have our third co-host right on yeah. here. Yes, Archie is uh, – he's got some things to say, folks. Yeah, he's, he's pretty mad so, about that uh, Daniil Hunter thing that he's, you just said. He's not happy about it. Well, no, he's a Lions fan. Of course he wanted Daniil Hunter to hold out. Like – Naturally, he doesn't need to be showing that. That's that's good for the Vikings, not for the Lions. So yeah. you're you got your son on board already, man. What two months old and he's teach him young, man. Teach him young. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then the other some of the other interesting news that like you've had some injuries already in these mini camps. You saw what happened to the 49ers and they shut down. That was the voluntary mini camp, right? But they just shut it down altogether. So yeah, we're done with this. And unfortunately, the Chiefs suffered an injury with uh, right guard Kyle Long who he had been starting at right guard during this minicamp. 
he went down. Fortunately, it doesn't seem like it's a serious injury. They're saying that he should probably be ready in to a couple weeks or go by the yeah. start of the season. Yeah. So not a little longer than a couple weeks, but it that does open it up for most likely Laurent DeVarnay Tardif, the good doctor, to reclaim his starting right guard position. Or something that could happen, but I'm going to probably say probably not. Uh, Trey Smith, the rookie sixth-round pick, who should have been drafted a lot higher. Maybe he impresses and takes over. I mean, ultimately, that's the guy who I would love to see the Chiefs be the long-term starting right guard is Smith. But uh, it's losing long is kind of a bummer, especially with all the offensive line issues we just watched the Chiefs have, especially in the lead-up to the Super Bowl and in the Super Bowl itself, just that embarrassment because of the piss-poor offensive line play. And Long did seem like a guy who I wanted to see him start at right guard this year and then eventually Trey Smith step in, but I'm more than fine with LDT coming back, especially, I mean, this could be something where hopefully he doesn't come back with uh, some rust, but maybe he comes back with, you know, his body just feeling refreshed after a year away not playing football. He is 30 now, and so maybe a little bit less wear and tear on him and he can come back and, be a, a, a strong uh, contributor on that offensive line. And then if Kyle Long can be a swing guy once he's healthy again, once he's ready, that is something where if an LDT goes down or, or you know, even, you know, Joe Tooney or somebody else goes down. Because Long has played multiple positions on the offensive line with Chicago Bears, and he even made a Pro Bowl as a right tackle. So maybe he comes back and if Remmers is struggling or, or if uh, Lucas Niang just isn't quite ready yet, Kyle Long can step in at right tackle. So, but he injured, fortunately, nothing major. Uh, and then we're going to finish out this, uh, the mini NFL minicamp stuff, uh, the mandatory minicamp round, with some quarterback news. And that's where you've got the two biggest question marks, the two teams with the biggest question marks at cornerback, uh, quarterback, excuse me, going into the training camp uh, with these minicamps is the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans. And... Both of them are start, are saying that they expect their respective quarterbacks to be to, for nothing's going to happen, seemingly, and so they're not looking to deal their guys. Uh, it's but it's who knows what the hell is going to happen. Who knows how much truth there is to any of that? I do genuinely believe that Green Bay is not looking to trade Aaron Rodgers, but they continue. It seems like it's every day you hear something else that Aaron Rodgers that they've done to piss off Aaron Rodgers. And he even made a joke about, you know, all this stuff uh, yesterday. And, like, Rodgers is taking it in stride, but he's very much just this sly, just kind of the smirk on his face, like, yeah, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Like, and especially when he just watched what Tom Brady was able to do and go into Tampa Bay with this, you know, a talented roster that just didn't have answers at quarterback and was able to go in and be the missing piece. And also for him, a much better situation than what he left in New England. And you've got to imagine that Aaron Rodgers has seen that, and he's 37 now, and is like, man, get me the hell out of here where you can't even spend a first-round pick on any players for – on any position players for me and get me somewhere else. Like, there was talk of maybe Cleveland right. would make uh, – would would they be willing to trade Baker and a couple first-round picks to Green Bay for Rodgers? Because you put Rodgers on that, that Cleveland roster. Holy crap, man. Holy crap. And, I mean, man. some of the things coming out of that Cleveland camp right now, I mean – I mean, Jarvis Landry was one of the first people to say it. He's like, man, OBJ looks real good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And, I mean, when you're talking about you're talking about the best running back tandem in the NFL, talking about a great offensive line. I mean, we'll see what happens, obviously, with some of the rookies and the tight ends and how they're going to go within there. But their wide receiver core is good. Donovan Peoples-Jones yes. made some appearance. Rashad Higgins made an appearance last year. And then having, you know, OBJ and Jarvis isn't too bad either. No. No, and if OBJ can get back anywhere near what his prime was, that's going to be very scary. But again, the question mark always comes back around to will Baker Mayfield make that next leap? I mean, he he showed that he's good enough to obviously win playoff games, but now it is the next question of you got to go on the road and win in the playoffs. And right. he's, there's still more steps for him to take. And, you know, he almost pulled it out against the Chiefs, but he also ultimately did it two-thirds of the game without Patrick Mahomes opposite him with Chad Henney instead and ultimately lost to Chad Henney in that game because anything is possible. Yes. Anything so is possible. So good. Um, and then, yeah, with Watson in Houston, there's just so many question marks right now. Yeah, uh, and I think that, especially when it comes to the Houston point of things, I think that the, the the fact that they say it's going to be settled by camp, I think they're just going to trade him. 
I think that they're looking at, you know, Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills this year, and they're just going to double down and be like, you know what, we're going to be bad. You know, we're, we'll see what we can do with Howell next year or, or see if, you know, Davis Davis Mills is the answer. Um, but that's basically what I think, um, and he obviously agreed on Davis Mills. Um, you know, but uh, I feel like it's just kind of going to be one of those things where they're, they're going to trade him because they're going to find that offer. Now, whether or not he ends up in Denver, like he said he wants to be, we don't know. Which, funny you say that, right now Denver is on an all-out, snap-for-snap quarterback competition between Drew Locke and uh, recently acquired Teddy Bridgewater. And just saying that out loud definitely inspires of why they would want to make the trade for either Rodgers or Watson. Is when you are counting on your season to be a quarterback competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, that just does not inspire a lot of confidence. And that's... Can, can John Elway pull off, uh, you know, another minor miracle and go acquire a Pro Bowl-level talent, if not a Hall of Fame-level talent, which would be Rodgers, or the Pro Bowl-level talent, Deshaun Watson? But I don't know. We we will absolutely see with that. That's definitely a big question mark. Uh, and then the last point I want to make, uh, unfortunately, Ty had to step away because Archie is apparently still very upset about Daniil Hunter showing up to the Minnesota Vikings uh, minicamp so I didn't know that we already had such a diehard young little Detroit Lions fan on our on our hands here but uh, may may the Lions actually improve with Jared Goff and and uh, Dan Campbell so as to spare that that little man plenty of heartache and maybe maybe spare his dad some heartache too I mean Ty is also a Red Wings fan they kind of suck right now and he's also a Tigers fan and well I never want to see the Tigers good so uh, but one quarterback who does not want to go anywhere that is kind of funny with this and actually came out and was very outspoken about this regard that he would has no intentions on ever quarterbacking for any other team is Derek Carr, who, of course, has been another guy mentioned if the Raiders were able to get their hands on Aaron Rodgers or uh, Deshaun Watson or like someone, one of these other potentially uh, or one of these other elite quarterbacks that were potentially moving around. There was a lot of talk that the Raiders would be one of those teams to try and go get them. And which, I mean, it, they would probably only go get a quarterback that, you know, has that played for a school that was recently in a national or that was recently in the college football playoff. Cause that's seemingly all the Raiders ever draft is Clemson players and Alabama players and Ohio state players. Like that's, that's the only, that's the only spot schools they pay attention to is, Oh, what did they see? Did we see him in the college football playoff? Oh yeah. We're, we're not going to draft them if they weren't. Uh, so maybe they wouldn't go after Rodgers, although Watson is a Clemson guy. Um, but Derek Carr came out and said that he would probably quit if I had to play for someone else. He said he's old school, doesn't want to go anywhere else. He just he's he has that old school mentality of I want to stay with the team that drafted me. I want to be a Raider for life, which ugh, just ugh. like I just they kind of almost threw up in my mouth a little bit. Just saying Raider for life out loud. The thought that somebody would actually want to do that. I mean, just bleh. like I guess Gruden went back to him, but if that's what Derek Carr wants, or maybe that's just him trying to endear himself back to Raider fans. But yeah, Carr very insistent on if the Raiders were to deal him as part of some as part of a trade to attempt to upgrade a quarterback, that he would probably quit because yeah, he he does not want to play for anybody other than the Raiders. Yeah, that's so uh, that's like super super interesting. Uh, I just re- don't really peg him in as one of those like. You know, franchise faces of the quarterbacks. I think he's might be done then pretty soon if that's going to be the case. <laughs> I uh, two years ago at the Chiefs Raiders games, I was literally sitting there yelling from from behind the Raiders bench that I look forward to Derek Carr being our, our backup in a couple of years. Yeah, oh, which I would love Derek Carr as a backup. Yeah, I'd yeah, probably yeah. tell him to cut it out with the eyeliner or whatever the hell he does. Yeah. I mean, he he looks like a grown up version. Cut my wrist, black He's just an emo kid at heart, you know. <laughs> We all are, aren't we? Yeah. Are we all? Uh, and that's not even a dig at you for being a Detroit fan. Yeah, very. Oh. I did just make I, – while you were away, I did make something. I was just like, man, I didn't realize he's still that upset. Like, he is a Detroit Lions fan already. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. got, we got a passionate a diehard on our hands. Just a little one. Uh, but that's going to do it for our tailgate shotgun headlines here today. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to move on to our on-the-grill segments, and that's something we started again last week as well, and that's something we're very passionate about. You can see he's wearing a Michigan jersey. Ty is very passionate about – it's actually some really devastating news, to be completely honest. And it's really, really freaking upsetting. It is. And for – like, I have – I've throughout so much of this, I've been like, man, I just hope, like, 
like, like a lot of the controversies that are being uncovered, a lot of the skeletons and closets of both uh, professional organizations and also college administrations. And you're seeing a lot of these, uh, a lot of truths that are coming out that are devastating and mm. are absolutely com just damning to the legacy of coaches, to the program, to mm. players. I mean, and that's where obviously we've seen something legacy killers. The last decade, the big one would be at Penn State and the uh, the the Jerry Sandusky, just the horrific things that he did yeah. that completely tanked the legacy of Joe Paterno. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, we are seeing something not it's different, but it is similar in ways uh, at Michigan. Right. So after the Michigan State Nassar um, scandal. There was definitely a big look into Michigan athletics, and uh, obviously Nassar was Michigan State, but uh, earlier Nassar, I think I'm saying that right. Um, so there's a big a shit if we're saying his yeah, name right. That yeah, guy is a yeah. massive piece of shit, and I hope he gets Never right. Mind. Right, and uh, <laughs> we'll honest, and stop short right, there. and to be honest, coming out after with everything the way that everything happened and the whole news and being like, God, I'm so glad that that's not in my house as far as like, cause I'll, I'll still rep the colors. I'm still wearing my Michigan Jersey today. Um, and being as pissed off as I am about hearing what happened with Dr. Anderson on our side and him being protected as long as he was, I'm sorry, your legacy deserves to go down asunder. Bo Schembechler is one of my dad's favorite coaches. My dad has his book. My dad has a signature from him. My dad loves and worships Bo Schembechler as a person. And if he, still kind of it's not saying that if he still worships him and all this stuff about the different things that he liked like there is definitely a big tarnish on his record about this and it's completely upsetting um uh we have a uh, see it is very upsetting yeah, it is even archie's upset about it he's hungry but he's also upset about it and and as well you should yeah. be because like for the light that was or what was exposed here and what has come to come to light is that this Dr. Anderson, who was years treated the, the athletes, was the physician that treated the athletes at Michigan, he was accused numerous times of sexual of, assault. Of sexual assault, yeah, with a lot of these players. Of some of the college athletes uh, that he also, that he, that were, um, that were, that he'd come out at that point in time, or he thought were at that point in time, and then also at different festivities with kids in just getting physicals including Schembechler's own stepson matt Schembechler came out last week and did a statement and said that when he talked to his dad and told his dad that he was inappropriately touched by dr anderson in 1969 his dad hit him yep. and told him to keep it quiet and that he basically told the mother just stay out of this like yeah. it was and it's, it's an adoptive son. And, and yes, we're talking about something that is over half a century ago. But that right. doesn't – the fact that he is, he, is, he is lifted up as one of these icons and one of these patron saints Statues of, of the game as, like, one of the most legendary him. coaches in the history of the game. I and mean, people always talk about Bo, in the, in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes and, like, the two most legendary coaches at those respective schools. And this is completely damning, and it is tarnishing yeah. to the Schembechler legacy. I'm sorry, Archie. We, we have to tell the story, though. I know you're getting upset about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Little Man had his shots today, too, so he's, you know. A little, little fussy. A little fussy. Um, but uh, it just, it's. <sighs> it's really upsetting as a Michigan fan mm -hmm. that this happened because when you hear the Matt Schembechler come out and say that this happened in 1969 and the slew and by that, I mean slew of 800. 800. 800. 800. 800 accounts and cases that happened from the 70s to the 80s and this, this by this doctor. And this wasn't something that Shem Beckler, like with the Penn State thing, Paterno just ignored what was going on and right. refused to report it. This wasn't just a case of Shem Beckler just trying to ignore it. This was... The administration was going to fire Dr. Anderson because of all these allegations, because of what pl former players were saying. And what happened, Duncan? And Shem Beckler stopped in and said, no, we're not firing him. Shem Beckler personally stepped in to make sure that Dr. Anderson was protected and would continue to be employed and practice at the University of For Michigan. at least the next decade with 800 
victims that came about. Mm-hmm. Throw it on the grill. That is completely unacceptable. And yes, ultimately, we're talking about two men that are dead at this point. Both Schembechler and Dr. Anderson both passed long ago. But this is something that Michigan fans, Michigan diehards now, have to go through something that is, you can, like, he's angry. Like, and this is, I'm not a Michigan fan, but it pisses me off. And if something, you know, years from now comes out about Bill Snyder at Kansas State, I'm going to be devastated because that's what the, like, no, these actions don't affect, you know, the, the people involved right then. But you talk about how many of these former players were scarred for, for decades because of the actions. Multiple and just, of them came out and multiple of them were like, I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it was. Or I just didn't think that way, the way he was touching me was bad. It's, sorry, I'm really heated about this. And I think it's also – You should be. I'm really heated about this as well because I think uh, – honestly, I think a lot of the one that I'm holding right now. I'm holding Archie here, and I'm feeding him, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on because I'm trying to do the best that I can to be a dad, right? And to me, I have, I have jobs, right? Um, I, I, you know, I, I work in a restaurant. Um, I – treat the tailgate like a do- job just like duncan and mm-hmm. uh, aaron do but my number one job in my life right now is my is my kid and okay. i am going to be a dad and i can't imagine saying that i'm going to be a dad i'm bo Beckler, and my son comes up to me and it's adopted son so you got to choose him and i understand it might not have been your own lineage but if you're choosing to be a dad and then your son comes up to you and talks about something like this that a hurts him and b is something that's really brutal and just and just disgusting and you as a dad can't wrap your head around the fact that you want to and then you end up protecting this guy from getting fired i'm going to be ate up about that for a long time and there's a lot of tons and other stuff that happened obviously in the 70s and 80s with all the sexual assaults and all the stuff that happened and it's all unacceptable like this is i'm pissed off not only as a Michigan fan, but as a dad, that this is just disgusting and vile. And at the end of it all, um, Michigan took a big hit for their legacy this year. And honestly, it's probably karma coming around that we've been as de- as deplorable as we have been in football for as long as we have been, because this is something that we hid and we slept on, or we swept under the rug. And this is a completely disgusting, horrid act that we just let go on the institution for 10 plus years and nobody did anything about and everybody and people knew that it was happening and it's unacceptable unacceptable and with that michigan yeah i don't know what the reparations are and i don't know what they need to pay and i don't know what they need to do but they need to make it right and they need to start by making an official statement after all this is done they need to finish by putting out some sort of activism stuff Mm -hmm. but they need to really search themselves and be like how can we never let this happen again and then how can we be activists for the other universities that see stuff like this happening and be like this is how you handle those situations yes you become a leader you become somebody who right there at the forefront of that movement because i mean i don't know how many times we have we talk and we're not preachers you know we're we're just we're adults like we're we're men, but we're men that we see the state of the world and how people treat one another and such, you know, deplorable atrocities that happen. We want, we want the world to be better. We want people to be better for, for him. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want that? Like, this is, it's not hard. It is hard to do the right thing in a lot of cases, but this is something Michigan's on the way to doing the right thing. And I think that's very apparent and, you're going to see the statue of Bo Schembeck where get torn down. You're going to see this, but hopefully this is something where anybody, any of those organizations, any of those administrations with skeletons in the closet, own it. It's time. Yeah. The truth, the truth is having its day. And that's the only way that people can get better and move forward. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not about, it's not about the M. It's not about Michigan. It's not about anything like that. It's about the fucking victims. You know? It's about people. Oh, sorry, buddy. Sorry. I know. Dad got really <laughs> passionate about that one. But stand up for their sake. You know, like it took it took these men. I mean, Bo Schembechler's son is sixty two years old. Yep. It took him until now to talk about this freely. It's hard with all the things that happened. It's hard and it's difficult. But kudos. Do to it him. for them. Kudos to him. And yeah, it's 
Didn't expect to take this kind of turn uh, on uh, on what had been a pretty lighthearted episode, but it needed to happen. I mean, that's one thing that we definitely take pride in here on the tailgate is we we try to advocate for for change, positive change. We want people to be better, and that's it's a huge step yeah. of it. Yeah, sorry for um, bringing it so down and getting some. No, angry. no, no, no. <laughs> we just, didn't bring it down, man. Ugh. It was this was good stuff to be said, and so we're gonna finish off this episode of the tailgate as another new segment we started last week. I know it's a toast. Last week we did it did it to uh, Jacob Degrom for his superb excellence. This week we're doing a toast to uh, Danish soccer player Christian Eriksson, oh, who yeah. one of the most scary moments that we ever see in sports, and that's when a live participant in in an athletic competition collapses, and that happened in the 43rd minute of the Danish game uh, over this weekend, this last weekend, and in the Euro Cup, which is going on right now, and uh, there was there was literally people that have reported that they thought he was gone, they thought they'd lost him. And cardiac uh, arrest. They had to do CPR in the field, and there was a point in time where obviously they walked out there, and he wasn't. He didn't have a heartbeat. He did not have. Yeah. A heartbeat. That's why they started compressions. That's why they started all this. Yeah, stuff. it's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying, terrifying. But fortunately, we are able to report he's in the hospital, and that's he has said that his quote is, "I'm fine under the circumstances." Mm-hmm. And so he may never get to play soccer again. But the man, he's 29 years old. He's going to get to live on like mm-hmm. it, what could have been an extreme and was an extremely scary situation mm-hmm. uh seems like it could have you know a positive ending and a positive story moving forward and right. so and the support that was uh, not only are we doing a toast to Kristen erickson we're also doing a support uh toast to the other you know athletes that were um teammates of his that uh, that came out in support. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, his teammate with Lukaku. Inter Milan, Lukaku. Lukaku. Man, I've never gotten his name right, but can't. Uh, came out and because he plays for Belgium and he got a goal and he immediately ran up to the camera and said, "I love you, Chris. I love you." And so you saw a lot of the soccer community really rallied around him. So that was pretty cool yeah. to see. So our toast is to Christian Eriksen, speedy recovery and everything else moving forward. And we do hope we get to see you on the pitch again. And if not, you know. Just live, live life the best you can. That's like, awesome. Yeah. And so you that's know? just glad to see that something that was so scary didn't turn out for the worst. And so toast to Christian Erickson. And I'm we're going to end that in this edition of the tailgate with that. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I'm Duncan Kaminsky. We got Ty Janes here and little Archie Janes. Little Archer. So little yeah, he's dad. had he's had his things to say too. So uh, once again, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. Oh yeah.